No matter how much we love our partners, we're not designed to be around each other 24 hours a day. Add to that pandemic anxiety, work, parenting and other pressures. And it's not long before our relationships start to feel the strain. Hello. Thanks for joining us again today. I hope it's sunny where you are and you're getting to enjoy some time outside within current guidelines, of course. Whether we love the bones of our partners or we just about tolerate each other, every relationship is under additional strain at the moment as we spend so much more time in close quarters together. Today I'm talking to Dil Vikramasinghe. Now you may know Dil as a broadcaster and journalist, but she's also a trainee psychotherapist who runs the Insight Matters Counselling and Psychotherapy Service in Dublin with her wife, psychotherapist Anne-Marie Toole. Now, having been through relationship counselling herself, Dil has some great insights about how anxiety can fuel anger, how staying connected can help reduce irritability and how, we all know it but it's hard to do it, communication is key. I've had um, a lot of conversations, uh, not in, not just in my home, but also with my colleagues around the topic of um, how are relationships at the moment in Ireland uh, and globally coping with with this current uh, crisis. And and I suppose I I'm the reason why I'm thinking about this is because in January there's always a spike in demand for relationship counselling, and that's basically because the, prior to that, the, the two weeks uh, at Christmas time, pe- people, families, couples um, were kind of forced to be in each other's company uh, nearly 24-7 um, uh, during Christmas time. So it's always interesting that in January there's always a spike in that because I suppose during the year, People are busy with their day-to-day jobs and routines and it's easy to kind of ignore if there's any issues um, and, and I suppose it's only kind of you have to, you're confronted with it when you actually have to spend time with your spouse or partner. So so even if people love each other, chances are that there are, you know, there's huge anxiety at the moment collectively. You know, I'm feeling it, you know, every, every, there's not a single human being at the moment on the face of the earth that is not feeling some level of anxiety around COVID-19 and how, how is it going to impact on, on us? How long is it going to be around? Will it ever leave and all that kind of, and will our life will ever go back? to being what it was beforehand, you know. So so that anxiety is bound to uh, have an impact on your relationships. And the interesting thing about anxiety, you know, anxiety is basically fear. But when it expresses itself, it doesn't quite express itself as fear. It usually expresses itself in the form of anger or irritation, irritability and frustration. And I'm sure anyone listening to this who's in a who's in a relationship in the last, you know, we're, we're going into a fourth week, if not fifth week of uh, self-isolation. Uh, there's ch- 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 there's bound to have been uh, 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 words <laughs> exchanged uh, uh, between uh, couples and chances are a lot of it is due to anxiety. But it's interesting if if um, if a person hears that anger or hears that irritability, usually we react uh, uh, in, in a way as in like, you know, why, why is he being so mean to me? Why, why are you being so unreasonable? As opposed to thinking, oh, this person is actually anxious. And, and when someone actually expresses the, the, themselves and says, look, I'm anxious at the moment and that's why I am snapping at you and that's why I I'm, I'm just feel I can't cope, then that opens the door for empathy. And, you know, it's very difficult for one human being not to feel empathy to another human being who's feeling absolutely overwhelmed in the moment. 
It's so true, isn't it? Like that when you feel irritated and you can, part of your brain can see, this is a pretty tiny thing for me to feel this irritated about. You know, and a whole cycle of what's going on with me starts happening. Whereas if you understand that it's coming from someplace else, that the irritability is the symptom, it's not the cause. For, for me, I get very irritable or frustrated. Uh, my anxiety levels go through the roof when, you know, I have a thing about... Um, because I, I grew up in a very chaotic uh, household. So so as a result, I, I, I like to, when I'm in, in situations like this where I feel everything is out of control, I feel I need to control my, my um, I suppose, immediate surroundings. And that usually tends to be the kitchen floor. And I will sweep <laughs> the kitchen floor maybe 10 times a day. And if someone spills something, like, you know, Phoenix spilled a bit of couscous on the floor yesterday, and it was like the end of the world for me, you know. But it's just, then obviously everyone in the family knows that yeah. you know, if, if, Dil, if Mama is sweeping the floor frantically, it's not because she's... Uh, She's, uh, you know, really worried about uh, keeping a tidy home. It's because she's feeling anxious. So so they kind of give me a white birth. <laughs> <laughs> so it's finding something that I can feel I can control because everything else is out of my control. So, mm. uh, so you know, as human beings, we, we don't do change. Um, we like to feel we're in control, even though control is an absolute illusion because even before COVID-19, we all thought, you know, we have a plan in life. This is what I'm going to do. This is what's going to happen. But guess what? Something that happened in China now is impacting on us here in Ireland. So not quite to role play with you, Dill, but just mm. imagining various different couples around the country. When yeah. you get into an argument, if you find yourself in that place where you're, you know, having sort of a, a face off about something or the tensions are rising or you're maybe in it, yeah. if you catch it, well, A, do you have any kind of advice on how to catch it? But if you catch it, what do you think is the best kind of instant diffusing sort of strategy other than sort of saying, I'm anxious? Is there Are there other things that you can sort of use to help like diffuse that situation when you're in it, when it's already gone too far? Before it gets to that scenario, if I may, uh, mm. connect with your partner uh, on a daily basis, possible even for five minutes. So now Amri and I, what, what we do when our kids go, for some reason in the evening when they are doing their potty, uh, Amri and I will slow dance. We did it again last night uh, and it was just lovely. We put on some lovely music and while they're doing their business, we are, we are, we are kind of <laughs> connecting with each other, you know, holding each other and I suppose comforting each other. So that, if you do that, if you can on a daily basis, that'll help you not even get to that point where mm. you get to a kind of a, a, a suppose a row a row kind of argument kind of situation but if you do get to that situation where there is a disagreement brewing say some on something about you know who you, you didn't put out the bins again this week you know something yeah, like that you know yeah. it's it's about uh, in, trying really hard not to react uh, and listen to the person who is obviously in a play, in a state, um, they're they're talking to you. They maybe have raised their voice, and and it's just trying to trying to respond. Like usually, what what happens in in a in a scenario is when one spouse says something, the other spouse is not even they're not listening. They're already formulating their answer back. So you're not actually listening to the to the human being in front of you. So if you can just stop from reacting from a place of defense, which is usually where our brains tend to go because you feel you're, un, you're under threat and you're being attacked. Go from a place of empathy and, and respond. Listen to the person and then respond uh, to, to the person. And, and it's really important in, a, in an argument 
uh, to try and not say things, go from a I place instead of a you place, you know, instead of yeah. saying you make me feel like rubbish when you shout at me. It's, instead of saying that, say something like, you know, I feel like rubbish when I'm shouted at, you know, because that then again, when you say you, it's usually your, your finger, even as I'm talking to you, my index finger is pointing at, <laughs> at, 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 at into space. But that, <laughs> that's what usually happens, you know, because you're, you're blaming someone. It's your fault. It's a, it's a, it's a term called tra- transactional analysis. It's like learning how you communicate. And usually when in an argument, we kind of revert to either a parent kind of type model or mm. a child-like model. So mm. so like when you don't do this, it's it sounds very much like an authority figure, like a parent yeah. uh, speaking down at someone. And then and then a child-like response would be like, well, I, I can't do that anyway because, you know, I, I never do it right. So, so suddenly you're not talking like adults. You're not talking as equals. You've gone into maybe patterns uh, you know, that usually don't help any of us. It is actually really powerful if you can describe your experience rather than apportion blame, like exactly as you've just said there, to to describe how you're feeling rather than be like, you're doing this to me or you always do this. Yeah. It's more, here's a window into how I'm feeling right now. I'm not yeah. saying it's your fault. That's not what, yeah. what I'm doing. I'm trying to just yeah. share with you. And exactly as you say, that then just brings your humanity back into the room. And there's this is great exercise. I, like, I, I learned this in my training last year. It's a thing called... Um, window of tolerance. It's understanding that we all have a window of uh, where we are reasonable, you know, where we are rational and <laughs> and can 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 you know can hear what you're trying to say. And then on at the top the top end of the window and the bottom end of the window, you know. So if you can try and chart, um, it's kind of like a you know your heart rate going up and down, up and down. You know, so mm. if you're in within that window of tolerance, you ca- you're perfectly rational. You're perfectly able to hear what a person is saying. But if uh, if you're triggered and you go out of that window, either up or down, no matter what you say to that person, that person is not going to hear you. You know, so it's being able to realize, look, my partner is really overwhelmed. They 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 need space. Let's just back off. Yeah, because I mean, I think whether it's Hollywood narratives or what, there's certainly a tendency among us to sort of assume that there should be some kind of telepathic connection between our partners and they should be able to read our minds and know what we need without us actually telling them or knowing what way we like to talk about things or communicate. But you have a gorgeous exercise, Dill, to sort of, really simple but really effective to help equip each other with some kind of key information that is useful if you're heading into weathering a stressful time together. Very simple exercise, uh, again, uh, shared by one of our therapists. And it's basically to sit down for a couple of minutes or and, and write down a list uh, of things that you feel close to your partner when they do these A, B, C. And then three things uh, where you, when they do this, you feel distant to them. Again, A, B, C, right? So mm. three things that you feel close to them when they do it and three things that make you feel distant. And remember, the words close and distant as opposed to happy with or yes. angry with, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, again, yeah. language is so important, you know? Yeah. Uh, so so when you de- drop this list, it's sort of six things, and then you share it between you. And then all you have to do then is know, okay, I need to do less of, the things that uh, make make her feel uh, distant to me, and do more things uh, that make her feel close to me. So, so for ex- for example, 
I, I know uh, one thing that I, I shared with Amory recently is like, you know, when she's uh, going off to work in the morning, she's doing a lot of online sessions and the center is still, still running. It re really helps me, even if she was to put the porridge on, uh, that makes me feel before she goes off, she's actually spared five minutes to think about us as a family before her head goes into her work, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this has made a massive difference because then when she's, she's gone for the day, I still feel I'm not on my own with the kids and, and looking after them because I know I have her support with me because she was thoughtful enough to put the porridge on, you know? Yeah. So sim simple things like that because a lot of us have no idea what we do uh, that could be irritating yeah. <laughs> our, our partners. And in a time like this, we don't want to do that because that is going to, you know, make the quality of our life uh, miserable. And not to mention, uh, if you have children, it's going to make their life really miserable because you're going to be snapping at each other and you're going to be grumpy. Thankfully, I've found a partner where I not only love, but I feel safe with. So they kind of become your rock, you know, and, yeah. and I think everybody will subscribe to this. You know, there's people who say their partners are their rock, you know, yeah. and, and just knowing that they're there uh, can make, can give you strength to face whatever the day will bring you, you know. Let's just bring down our expectations, our, you know, our our ideals, you know, let's just get, get through this day by day with kindness and compassion towards ourselves. Uh, so what, my, my flow, I, I, left the, I left the house this morning and the flow wasn't spotless. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, I guess what I'll be doing the first thing when I get home I'm joking um, but you know self-compassion and of course compassion to, to, to your love, loved one who is also trying to get through this I think that exercise that Dill shared with us there is so clever like sometimes we expect our partners to be almost telepathic to understand what we need when we need it or that if we're annoyed they should know exactly the way in which they've annoyed us but you know, we may not even know that ourselves or we certainly may not have expressed that to them. Knowing what few things makes your partner feel close to you and what things make them feel distant from you is golden. It takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. And especially at times like these, when there's a lot of anxiety floating about anyway, they offer tangible ways to reduce tension, improve connection and get through this together. I hope at some stage over this long weekend you'll find a pocket of time to do yourself and your loved ones a favour and just try that exercise like it only takes about 10 minutes. We're back tomorrow with a different kind of episode as it's the weekend. We're just going to have a bit of a chat really with Maya Dunphy and hear how she's getting through these strange times. I'm Jani Lanagon. Thanks for listening. We'll talk tomorrow. Mind yourself. You can keep up to date with this podcast and find new episodes each day on rte.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. If you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health at the moment, please access helpline information at rte.ie forward slash helplines.